Nambour is thousands of years old. Like many towns in Australia, it began as an Aboriginal camping ground that probably flourished on the same spot for millennia. The camp was on the same place, and had the same name as our current town, Namba or Namba. This name is usually translated as, Red Flowering Bottlebrush, but an early Gubby Gubby informant, listed in the place names register, corrected this as, White Flowering, Bottlebrush, Tea Tree. The confusion seems to have been that the plant this referred to was probably Colostomon salignus, the, Willow Bottlebrush, now considered a tea tree, rather than, as has been long supposed, the more common, weeping, red flowering bottlebrush, Colostomon viminalis. Colostomon salignus has flowers that range in color from white through to yellow, pink and red, see cover, which may explain why the color is sometimes given as red, sometimes as white, and sometimes as yellow. The plant is actually a small tree, sporting a beautiful, useful paperbark trunk. As the earliest references to the Aboriginal meaning of Nambour mention this useful bark, it seems more likely that the species was Colostomon salignus than Colostomon viminalis. For similar reasons, it is unlikely that, as some contend, Nambour, meant, flame tree, as that species does not have a useful bark. Willow bottlebrushes tea trees once grew prolifically along local creeks, and especially the creek Petrie Creek that the local Gubby Gubby knew as Gungalba place of drinkable water. The tree was an important resource, the bark provided a form of clothing and bedding for the cooler months, whilst the flowers gave a sweet nectar drink in spring and also around March. As C. salignus was a species fairly distinctive to the region, it was probably a means of identifying the spot. It was common for indigenous Australians to name their campsites after important resources that occurred there, usually animals or plants. Alex Bond, a Gubby Gubby descendant and expert on the Gubby Gubby language, points out that there were often several other meanings behind place names. In the case of place names ending in Bor, Nam Bur, Bor, there was usually a relation of the site to ceremony and Bora initiation, as John Steele also speculated. It might be noted that Nambour was an important pre-Bunya camp associated with specific ceremonies. Namba, Nambour, before the white man. What was Nambour like before white settlement? The first white visitors describe a grassy, open forest flat kept clear by regular indigenous firing. The flat lay alongside Petrie Creek, which they recalled as densely wooded with tall timbers and shrubs. Namba Flat, was roughly what we now know as Nambour Showgrounds, stretching south to around Quota Park. Such campsites were used by at least a few Aboriginal people all year around, but there was always a peak period of occupation, which matched times of important festivities or hunting, gathering drives. For Nambour, that period was the height of summer. For about six weeks, Namba Flat was dotted with huts, as many as 600 inhabitants. The huts were placed fairly well apart, each constructed of bent sticks, grass and bark, spread out over a large area of flats and ridges. Nambour Camp also featured a palisaded fighting ring, a corroboree dancing area, and, beyond the current railway station, a bora ceremonial ground. On the outskirts of today's Nambour, around Coes Creek at what is now Burnside, lay another very large encampment and major tool working site. This camp may have been been known as Pawillowan, which remains the name for that area. The word seems to describe a species of dove. 
Over the well-timbered ridges leading in and out of the Petrie Creek encampment were Aboriginal pathways ancestral to some of our current roads. These were a metre or more wide. A portion of this, with associated scarred trees, can still be seen at Koala Park. 3. Nambour's Aboriginal Significance Before white settlement, the Aboriginal encampment of Nambour was a significant corroboree site. Thus sometimes the name is erroneously translated as place of corroboree. It seems to have been one of the more important stops for groups traveling to the tri-annual Bunya gatherings near Mulaney. There are various early references to staged fights or tournaments being conducted at Nambour, as well as many corroborees, which suggests that this site was where specific conflicts were settled and dances staged as a prelude to the Bunya feasts. Aboriginal Nambour was at all times a very busy encampment, a central crossroads for the Gubby Gubby and their visitors. Early settlers report people constantly coming and going from here. IV. Aboriginal Nambour in colonial times. Aboriginal Nambour was involved in many phases of the Sunshine Coast's history. The Castaway Pamphlet, the coast's first white visitor, camped here with the local Aboriginals in 1823. Then in 1862, celebrated pioneer Tom Petrie visited and stayed here. It is from these visitors' reports that we have some idea of what was once there. Gubby Gubby men staying at Nambour Camp were the people Tom Petrie selected to be the Sunshine Coast's first Timbergaters. They journeyed from here to cut and haul logs, effectively beginning the region's timber industry. By 1865, white settlers such as William Pettigrew knew that this spot was called Namba. They referred to it as such in their diaries. Pettigrew declared his envy of the good pasture of Namba, but added he could not use the area to run cattle as the herds were driven about by the blackfellows too much in the Bunya season. Finally, when, in 1870, Matthew Carroll became the first white person to erect a dwelling at Nambour, he did so quite close to the camp, as he recalls. Often have I seen hundreds of Mia Mia's huts erected on the showgrounds, perhaps most frequently at Bunya time every three years. Often did I see corroborees, for the Aborigines liked white people to come along and invited all and sundry to be present. I used to play with the black children, we often went fishing together along the creek, sometimes spearing fish and sometimes netting them. A decade or so after Matthew Carroll raised his hut, a Nambour camp regular who took the western name of Andrew Ball became the first person to discover gold in Conondale Ranges, sparking a mini gold rush there. There are several indigenous families who had an association with Nambour in the 19th century. Many of these were simply visiting, working or stationed in the area. Reverend Tayden records that an Aboriginal burial ground developed near the camp, on the site of the current bowling club. This may have been after the camp ceased to be used, for it was almost unheard of for Aboriginal people to camp this close to burial places. Tayden notes that the local Aboriginals using the burial grounds had shifted away from interring their deceased in tree limbs to more Western practices. This suggests they may have used it simply as a convenient space to bury victims of measles, mumps, pneumonia and chicken pox epidemics. During the 1880s and until the early 1900s, the local indigenous population was decimated by a number of such epidemics. V. Aboriginal Nambour Today. 
despite being depleted and forcibly removed to Aboriginal reserves such as Sherberg, the local people never lost their connection to Nambour. Through exemptions and other means, Indigenous people began returning to Nambour from the 1950s onwards. Today, areas close to Petrie Creek near the former encampment still hold special significance for Aboriginal people, as recently celebrated in a plaque installed at Quota Park. In 2002, Gungalba bush gardens were created here specifically to focus on local knowledge of native plants. The gardens contain an educational pathway, talking circle and indigenous artworks. Much as it was once a major indigenous encampment, Nambour today now has one of the largest clusters of indigenous populations in the Sunshine Coast region. However, the showgrounds and other areas have assumed rather set uses that have made indigenous gatherings or camping either difficult or impossible. Today, indigenous people focus on Quota Park and associated areas that were once peripheral to the original campsite. A number of programs and indigenous gatherings have been held here in recent years, most notably, Wannabe Deadly, weekends featuring sports, arts and dance. 6. 